Charlotte Sports Live. Right now on Charlotte Sports Live, the NBA free agent frenzy begins. Will the Hornets get in on the feast or wait on the sidelines tonight? A lot of teams throwing around a lot of money over the last few hours. Welcome to Charlotte Sports Live. He is Gabe McDonald. I am Mike Lissette and Gabe so much to talk about tonight. Yeah, absolutely. We get to talk to a guy who got a first-hand look covering both Brandon Miller and Bryce Young at Alabama last season. Plus, hear from members of the U.S. men's national team ahead of their Gold Cup match in Charlotte coming up on Sunday. But we start in the association because this is one of the best times of the year. And we have yet to hear a peep from the Charlotte Hornets as Everyone but Charlotte, yeah. gets underway. Well, teams can begin negotiating and agreeing to deals with players at 6 p.m. Now, they can't officially sign contracts until next week. So far, the Hornets haven't made any deals that we know of to bring back players on the roster from last season or new players from other teams. Not exactly the news fans in Charlotte want to hear, but not surprising considering how the Hornets front office tends to operate. So, of course, this is obviously a big night. I mean, we've seen a lot of guys get a lot of money. One deal that stands out to me, Fred Van Vliet getting $130 million. If you would have told me that he would have got more money than Kyrie Irving right now, I would have laughed at you. But Hornets, I mean, Mitch yeah. Kupchak says they don't go big game hunting. They're kind of just staying in the background for now. Oh, it is interesting. Bleacher Report has the 12 best free agents still available. Now, in fairness, this year's free agent class, not all that great, but the yeah. 12 best available Three of them have or are still currently <laughs> yeah. Hornets in, in Washington, and, and and you got Kelly, and yep. you got uh, Plumlee. Yep. So a, a rough start. Now, I do want to say that mm -hmm. the Hornets this year, they were looking for a veteran. That was what Mitch Kupchak right. said. And a lot of veterans have, have stayed put. Yep. Harrison Barnes, yesterday we learned he was going to stay in Sacramento. Chris Middleton tonight. The, the Chris Middleton tonight. Yep. The big story that we were talking about, here's a guy I think that Cheryl would love to get, yep. Derek Rose. But then we hear just a couple of moments ago, Derrick Rose is going to Memphis. Yep. That's going to be big, I think, for Ja. No, absolutely. Well, I think having him having him as a mentor, somebody that's been around, somebody that's been through a lot in his career, not so much with the off-the-court stuff, but the injuries, somebody that's had to battle through adversity, I think is going to be great for him. But yeah. hopefully at some point, the Hornets spend some money. So uh, we'll see. Of course, on the other hand, maybe no deals are better than a bad one, and the Hornets certainly have had plenty of them in their past. Here's a brief history of some of the team's off-season deals that did not pan out. Though the Hornets have achieved success from time to time through free agency, the reality is there have been a lot more misses than hits. It goes up and under. From has-beens like Lance Stevenson and Tony Parker. Big shot for the 36-year-old. To guys that never seem to pan out, such as Tyrus Thomas and Marvin Williams, the Hornets have developed a reputation around the league for making bad deals and wasting a lot of money. Ironically, you could make the argument that two of their worst deals are still active. Remember when the team didn't want to offer top dollar to Kemba Walker? I'm sure you'd like to forget, but the guy they decided to pay instead was Terry Rozier. Through a sign-and-trade, the team ended up giving a Louisville guard a three-year deal worth $57 million. Later, he was given a four-year $96 million extension, which has paid off in a lot of empty points and zero playoff wins. Of course, not all the Hornets' recent problems are solely on Rozier. Also have Gordon Hayward to thank as well. Though Rozier doesn't always play well, at least he plays. Which is more than you can say a lot of the time for Hayward, who has struggled with injuries throughout most of his career. This past season, he scored 15 points a night. However, injuries limited him to just 50 games, which unfortunately is the most he's played in during his three years in Charlotte. But the undisputed king of the worst deals in Hornet history has to be when they signed Nicholas Batum in 2016. 
Charlotte was initially all in on the 6'8 forward after they traded for him the previous season. While Batum started his five-year, $120 million contract in a high note, scoring 15 points a game, it got bumped and still hit. His later seasons with the franchise were largely forgettable as well as regrettable, as he managed to play in only 22 games during his final year with the squad. There were plenty of other head-scratchers in the 35-year history of the franchise, but we'll spare you on those details. Bottom line, it's a new summer, and now with new management in the building, the Hornets are finally hoping to hit the jackpot in the open market. Things uh, from that Batum's contract actually just came off the books today, yeah. so let's show you how bad at that lasted. The other thing, too, is I know we talk about Terry's deal not being great. Right. Had they signed Kemba, it might have been even worse. So it was yeah. sort of darned if you do, darned if you don't. Because Kemba at this point is just about all the way out of the league. Pretty much. And that's the thing, too. It's like you you just want to see them at least at some point spend some money. Like I, We've talked about this all they over. Have. It it the thing. They have. They have, and it hasn't worked. But it's like <laughs> you got to be able to try to attract those guys. Now, a lot of it has to do with players being injured. Some players don't want to really come to this market, which – I don't really like that narrative because it's a good place to be, but when you're a millionaire young guy, you might not think, see that see it that way. In fairness, some of it yeah. has been their fault. Some yeah. of it has just been bad luck. Sure. Yeah. Well, one week after the biggest moment of their lives, Hornets first-round picks Brandon Miller and Nick Smith Jr. are already putting in the work on the court. The two young men, part of a roster of nearly 20 for the Hornets Summer League minicamp that is going on over the weekend. Three-day stretch of practices got going this morning ahead of the Summer League opener coming up next week. And while the emotions of getting drafted for both Smith and Miller have worn off, the work is just beginning. Conditioning and building my strength. Uh, I think I lack a, a lack strength, so I think just staying in the weight room kind of uh, separate separate me uh, from other guys. Coming into a new game, I feel like there's everything you can improve on, uh, especially my size. Um, you know, just reading a low man, um, pick and roll, pick and roll uh, coverages, uh, a, a lot of new things, especially for you know a point guard to you know um, you know have to have to learn and have to know all that stuff. It'll be the number one and number two picks going head to head when the Hornets open play in the California Classic against the Spurs. Tip off set for 8 p.m. coming up on Monday. Said it before, I'll say it again. This is like my Christmas right here. Both <laughs> in trade street to mid street. Panthers officially announced today they're signing veteran defensive tackle Taylor Stallworth to a one year deal. Former Gamecock spent time with the Saints, Colts, Chiefs, and most recently the Texans. The team did have to make a corresponding move to get the roster back to 90. Uh, they decided to waive Charlotte Nave and former Tar Heel safety Miles Dorn, who signed a reserve contract back with the club in January. Both the Panthers and Hornets turning Charlotte into Tuscaloosa East recently by drafting Alabama Crimson Tide stars Bryce Young and Brandon Miller. And our guest tonight is someone who's covered both of them. we got CBS 42 Sports Director Chris Brees from our next star sister station in Birmingham in the building. Chris, how you doing, man? Dave, I'm doing well. Two former Alabama players, so I technically don't cover them anymore. So I'll try my best to answer your questions, I guess. For sure, you had the front row seat up to him uh, during their careers. But we're going to start with Brandon Miller first. He was drafted just a week ago by the Hornets. Did Charlotte make the right choice with that number two overall pick last week? You know what? It's hard to say because when you have the kind of career that Miller did at Alabama, you know, you could say he was a product of his environment. But certainly you look at his roster around him, and, and I don't know what Alabama had that would complement Brandon Miller to his game. And that's a good thing. If you're Charlotte, it means that you pick the guy who can make everybody else around him better. And that is absolutely what Brandon Miller did, because you think about when they did not have him in the lineup, 
they struggled. And when they did, they were absolutely on. And Brandon Miller, however he went, this Alabama team went, Gabe. So the fact that he was able to, a lot of the times, put the entire team on his shoulders. I mean, he had games where he scored 40, 35 points and literally willed his team to victory. That's exactly what you want to see. He can take the ball. He can score. He can also make everybody else around him better. And if you're Charlotte, what more can you want? And you mentioned some of the special things that he does as a facilitator. When you look at, you know, his game into more detail, obviously shooting nearly 40% from deep, 18 points per game last year. What are some other things that you notice in his game that will translate well to the next level? So, you know, there was a whole controversy of him in the off-the-court scandal with the murder of a woman, which was, you know, you know, so unfortunate, and everybody at the school is just devastated how that went down. Brandon Miller was mentally tough. I mean, you, you could take one of two angles on how that went down because it's the elephant in the room, right? You can't ignore what happened with that entire thing. He was mentally tough and was able to block out all the negative noise, and there was a lot of negative noise around him for the last four months of his basketball career, he was able to mentally focus night in and night out. And I think that really plays to a strength of his, of where if you're not going to have a good night, you're not going to have a good week or a good month. You can still figure out a way to get in the mental space and play good basketball. Moving on to our other top pick from T-Town, Bryce Young, of course, said to be the Panthers quarterback of the future. What made him such a can't miss prospect in this year's draft? So Alabama has had, I've been saying this for years, the, the best player on the field since 2018. You can maybe say 2017 when Jalen Hurts started to get better. Yeah. And you look at every quarterback they had. I really believe that Bryce Young is the best of all of those quarterbacks. Okay. I thought Mac Jones was actually better than Tua in some ways. And I think Bryce Young is better than Mac Jones in a lot of ways. And, and the main reason why I say that is that look at the skill positions that Mac Jones and Tua Tungavailoa had to work with. Yeah, You could yeah. name every single receiver he had on that team in the NFL right now, and they are doing great. Can you name a guy for Alabama's roster? You're not an in-town guy, so you wouldn't know the answer. But here in Birmingham and Tuscaloosa, there's not a single player on that 2021-2022 Alabama roster who Bryce Young was throwing the ball to, who is doing well in the NFL or who is projected to be doing well in the NFL. It tells you everything about what this guy was able to create, I almost want to say by himself. Like Miller, you watch Young up close over the past few years. His height, a big issue coming into the draft. Do you think that's really going to be an issue at the pro level? No. Um we need storylines, right? Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> right. what we do. We, we need things to talk about. And unfortunately for Bryce Young, I think I've stood next to him maybe two or three times in the last couple of years. I'm 5'10". He's probably my height, maybe 5'11". Generously six foot on the, on the depth chart roster, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I don't think it matters. And you can make the easy cliche of, oh, let's call Drew Brees or, or Russell Wilson and say they didn't have a problem. Well, that, that's a start. That's a good start there because yeah. those guys don't have a problem. Bryce Young didn't have that problem in college. It, the best thing about this guy was he had the ability to understand somehow. It's kind of like Johnny Manziel, really, understanding mm -hmm. where everybody was on the field when he's making plays in the backfield and figuring out how to get out of protections because, let's face it, his line had some issues in the last two years. This 2022 year especially had some issues. You look at the way he was able to evade things and know where everything was on the field, 
That's not going to change on the pro level. Chris, definitely appreciate your insight. Appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us today on CSL. All right, tell Joey I say hello and I miss him dearly. I <laughs> got you. Ha. Always good to check in with Chris Reese. All right, Wake Forest baseball didn't win the chip, but they got awfully close, and now they've decided to try to keep their run going for years to come. Plus, soccer stakes takes center stage in the Queen City this weekend, and we aren't talking about Charlotte FC. We caught up with the U.S. men's national team ahead of their Gold Cup match Sunday at the bank. We got more CSL on the other side. Well, fresh off leading Wake Forest baseball to its best season in recent memory, the school announced today that head coach Tom Walter is getting another long-term extension. He just wrapped up his 14th season at Wake Forest, a season that ended one game shy of the College World Series final. Still, he led the Deeks to a program record 54 wins in the ACC regular season title. Now, exact terms of the extinction have yet to be announced. Now, while we don't have a Charlotte FC match during this holiday weekend, we'll still see some quality football at Bank of America Stadium in a couple of nights. Yeah, the next stop for the CONCACAF is right here in the Queen City. And for the first time ever, the Stars and Stripes Take the field here in Charlotte. They're in town for preparation for the U.S. men's national team getting underway this morning on the campus of UNC Charlotte. The men fresh off a 6-0 shutout on Wednesday after opening up group play with a 1-1 draw last weekend against Jamaica. With the emergence of Charlotte FC, some would say Charlotte is becoming a soccer city. And United States goalkeeper Matt Turner is eager for his first match front of that great fan base that's been built here in the QC. I've heard that there's a, a great fan base. I'm looking forward to, you know, this will be my first game ever here in Charlotte, so uh, I'm looking forward to connecting with the fans here and, you know, a positive result. They've obviously had um, a couple good games. They scored some goals. Um, we ha they have a lot of players that we're pretty familiar with, you know, being MLS guys. So, um, yeah, it sh should be a, a good matchup, and we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to it. He's not the only one, I am too. Sunday's action between Team USA and Trinidad and Tobago gets underway at 7 p.m. at Bank of America Stadium. You can watch that game right here on Fox Charlotte. Chris Breeze is back with us next on Quick Six to talk about his alma mater, Michigan, and if Providence Day star quarterback Jaden Davis will ever lead the Wolverines to a national title. In the Cup Series making history in the Windy City this week. So what's on the line for drivers in the first ever street race? Find out next on Charlotte Sports Live. Well, slowly but surely, downtown Chicago is starting to look like a Cup Series track. Tonight, the historic and much anticipated Grant 220 is coming your way Sunday. We got details on the first ever NASCAR street race. One lap around the course is 2.2 miles. Drivers will go 100 laps in three stages, but there won't be stage cautions in this race. And the winning purse, about a cool $7.5 million. The green flag drops on Sunday at 5.30 p.m. It is quick six time. Chris Brees is back. Chris, you're new to this, so here are the rules. Oh, I'm boy. asking you and Gabe six rapid-fire questions. We got two minutes, and we got to get through them all. Do you think you can handle this? Take my time. Got it. No to go. <laughs> no, you can't do that. All right, <laughs> let's put it on the clock now. Chris... This first one's for you. Will Bryce Young make a Pro Bowl before Brandon Miller makes an NBA All-Star team? Uh, yes, because I think Brandon Miller will be decent enough his first couple of years, but not good enough. Bryce Young, by his fourth year, will be in a Pro Bowl and will lead your Panthers to the playoffs, Mike. Get ready to cover this team 
in January and maybe February. Optimism. Okay. I like it. Uh, Gabe, do you think <laughs> events like the Chicago Street Race will bring more fans to NASCAR? I believe so, because it's something different, something we really haven't seen. And, I mean, obviously, Bubba Wallace had a block party the other day to get a lot of people involved. I think this could be the start of something new, not to channel my inner high school musical. I think this could obviously bring a lot more uh, new fans to the uh, sport. Oh, Ashley Tisdale is happy <laughs> right now. Chris, you're a Michigan grad. Providence State quarterback Jaden Davis committed to Michigan this spring. He's the number six quarterback prospect in the class of 2024. So, will Michigan win a national championship in the next five years? Uh, it means nothing, your stats and your accolades in high school, if you're a Michigan guy, only if you're a Michigan guy. So I love that he committed. It means nothing that he's on this team. I love the program now. Two years ago, I said, fire Jim Harbaugh, shame on me. So I'm not the right guy to answer that. I'd say no, because the SEC is too unstoppable. I, I hate to say it, but that's the truth. All right, Gabe. J.J. Watt staying busy post-retirement. He's joining CBS Sports. He's going to be part of NFL yeah. coverage. Name any active player in any sport that would make a good broadcaster in the I, future. I got to say with football, I think Travis Kelsey would be great. Obviously, already has the podcast with his brother. That's a funny guy, knows a lot about the game. I think Kelsey could have a good career as a broadcaster if that's what he chooses to do when he hangs it up. All right, Chris, running out of time here. You're a big golf guy. You have a digital show called Find the Fairway Live. No matter what people think about the PGA's deal with Live Golf, is the sport in a better place because of it? It is. Whether you like the answer to what they're doing or not, it is. Uh, tennis is looking at doing something with the PIF. Uh, this is probably the, the PIF, the PIF's way of getting into more sports, whether you like it or not. Different debate for a different day. It's happening. You have to adjust, adapt, or die. It's happening. By the way, Joey Rogers, original producer of Find the Fairway Live, little known fact that you learned tonight. That is a good fact. We are well past overtime at this point. <laughs> I think fans are saying, when is this going to end? But give oh, me one more question. Gabe, what is your, you got to ask this real quick. Yeah. What's your go-to first date idea? A night's game or bowling. One of those two, but you can't go wrong with the baseball game. You got the view. It's a perfect time. Love life from Gabe <laughs> McDonald. Thank you guys for being involved. Blame with me. It is all your fault. <laughs> the dissertation edition of Quick Six there. The, this guy, by the way, he's certainly crown worthy. Bobby Bonilla tomorrow. Bobby Bonilla Day because he is still going to get his $1.19 million from his former team, the New York Mets, who bought out his contract back in 2000 and agreed to pay out his deal every July 1st until 2035. We're handing out our QC crowns next. Well, if you haven't listened to Charlotte Sports Live, the podcast yet, you're missing out. So scan the code on your screen right now. Tap the button that pops up and subscribe. Guys, it's that easy. And there's no excuse. So you get all your Charlotte Sports news and chatter in the palm of your hand any day of the week. I will say that with the podcast, there's no visual. So you just have to True. imagine us sitting here yeah. on the desk. If you're listening right now, imagine us standing <laughs> up uh, in this little corner section. Yeah. Welcoming you gotta, the you got You got to bring yeah. the viewer there. And of course. Mike, who gets your crown tonight? Wait, my crown got to go out to the Atlanta Braves. They continue to fire on oh, all yeah. cylinders. Uh, it's not the case. The Marlins, the team that's second in the NLE standings, right behind them, and absolutely just crushed them. Braves had six homers in this one. They finished June with 57 long balls, their highest total for a single month in franchise history. Braves have won six in a row, including 14 of their past 
15 games. Hey, they have been balling out of control as the great poet future once said. Ronald Acuna having quite mm. a season. And we got some good stuff from my crown tonight. We're going to go back up to the Windy City, of course. We have the street race coming up on Sunday. Well, today, some pit crew members from College Racing and Legacy Motor Club chipped in to help some citizens in need. A couple of cars had a little accident along the course, and they came together to assist them in getting back on the road. I can't think of any better guys that I'd want helping me with my car. Just imagine you get a little fender bender. I mean, yeah. you recently gotten one. Yes, imagine man. if you had like somebody from Hendrick Motorsports. And unlike with those guys, I'm not going to name any names here, but I don't have to wait a week and a half for them to finally <laughs> fix it. Exactly. Picture me angry, all you podcasters out there. <laughs> for Mike said, I'm Gabe McDonald. We'll do it again tomorrow night. Have a good night, y'all.